Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. We've got Richard Harris here, the director of our Truth and Liberty. And tonight we've got Alex McFarland with us from North Carolina. And this is going to be a special broadcast. We got a special announcement to make to you about some things that are going to happen. We're also going to be talking about the Ashbury Revival. Amen. And and we were discussing all of this before we went live on air. And I tell you, it's really good. It it's is. Some good things. So I think that this will really, really bless you. And so I encourage you to stay tuned. But Richard is going to share with you how you can interact. We've also got, uh, what, meetings coming up yes, and sir. good things. So yep. I'll let Richard share all that with you. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, and so thank you to all of you for watching tonight. And it's going to be a great show. Um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things that are really important tonight, including the future uh, of truth and liberty and also of America. Uh, hopefully, uh, this revival that we see is going to continue and spread, and I believe that it will. But you know, uh, we were just talking about how, Andrew, that, that the difference between a revival and an awakening is touching the culture. That these awakenings, first and second great awakening, they touch the culture. And that's uh, truth and liberty. That's our heart. That's our desire. And so we've got resources for you to equip you to be able to do your part in influencing the culture. The latest thing I wanted to mention to everybody was if you go on our resources page, our research center on our website, we have a, a page, a new page now that's devoted totally to pastors, Pastor Resource uh, Center. And there where we've got all kinds of links that are specially designed to help your pastor uh, uh, lead his flock and lead his congregation in being an influence of salt and light in the culture. So please check that out. Also coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are some awesome events, including men's events. Men's Advance, which is just uh, right around the corner, what, two, three weeks, I guess, March 9th through the 11th. And Andrew's going to be ministering along with Jeremy Pearsons and E.W. Jackson and Billy Epperhart. I tell you, uh, we had some roster changes there, but that's a pretty good roster. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be awesome. E.W., Jeremy, they're great. Campus Days is March 15th through the 17th, and uh, that's when you get a taste of Karis Bible College. And uh, I tell you, that's my one of my favorite events of the year that I always say that. That's when God have too many drew favorites. you to Karis. It is. It's when uh, the Lord uh, absolutely redirected my life in a powerful way. And I'll never forget that experience. It was awesome. And I encourage all of you, if if you're wanting more out of life, if you believe God has a calling on you or, or uh, you want more out of Jesus and you know there's more, there is no better place to be. Even 
as good as Asbury College. There's no better place than Karis because uh, I can say from firsthand experience that it changed my life. Uh, Empowered 2023 is also coming up March 29th through April 1st. Uh, Dr. Randy Clark, Mike Hutchings, and Dr. Randy Hogue are going to be uh, speaking at that event here. And then also God with us, uh, the amazing drama uh, created by Elizabeth and Robert Murin uh, that causes the Bible and the experience of the Jewish people just to come to life. It's an awesome show. April 7th through the 8th as part of our Easter celebrations there. If you're not a uh, subscriber to Truth and Liberty, I want to ask you to really consider just giving us your email so that you can get our, our uh, blogs, our articles, uh, our action alerts, and our resources that we send out all the time. And uh, if you do, then you'll, uh, you'll be eligible to receive a free product. This week, we're giving away Effortless Change, Andrew's book on the power of God's Word to transform your life. We were just kind of talking about that, weren't we? And uh, uh, last week, Mary Nixon, you won more grace, more favor. So you'll be getting an email soon about how you can claim that. And this is an interactive live cast tonight. So be sure to put your questions and comments in the uh, chat box there on our website or on Facebook, and we'll do our best to get to those. And also, uh, we're, we've got plans here at Truth and Liberty that are just far reaching. I tell you what, I believe God's going to use this organization to change America, and He's already doing it. And if you want to be a part of that, you can become a member real easily. Just go on our website to the donate page uh, and click member. If you make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, you'll become a Truth and Liberty member and we'll send you a free copy of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and Andrew's own Declaration of Dependence upon God and His Holy Bible. And uh, we appreciate the generosity of all of our members. Keep in mind that if you give to Truth and Liberty Coalition, it's not tax deductible, but God sure knows and He'll reward that to you, I believe. If you need a tax credit for your gift, you can give to Truth and Liberty Foundation at truthandliberty.foundation and that is 501c3 compliant. And so uh, you'll be able to get tax credit there. Last thing is if you need prayer, you want someone to agree with you in prayer, just call into uh, Andrew's uh, prayer line at 719-635-1111 and someone will agree with you in prayer tonight. And you know, right before we get into our subject, we are going to be uh, announcing that we're going to start a Truth and Liberty live call-in program five days a week. We're going to be talking about that tonight. But our Truth and Liberty staff has now expanded. Mm -hmm. How many do we have on Truth and Liberty? We've got five full-time people committed all the time to Truth and Liberty. And then we're also using all of the... We, we've got a lot of things that we're having to do to do this live call-in program. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we need people to partner with us. And I think that once you see what's going on, uh, you'll be blessed and you'll want to be a part of it. But it would sure be wonderful if we could have some people sign up and... So it's just yeah, what, $5 a month reoccurring? Or of course, you can yeah, get more. more than that. Yes, we'll accept that. Yeah. All right, so what we're going to be doing, we're going to be announcing, or we are announcing right now, we've teased it before, but tonight we want to get into some depth on this, that the Lord led me about, uh, man, nearly two years ago, it's been at least a year and a half ago, to start a live call-in program and where we actually take calls, and like here, we will take text and chat messages mm -hmm. and we will read your things, but this is going to be where people call in. They will go on the air. Uh, they will only have the audio, but we will be uh, visual. It will be video, but we will be interacting and talking to them so we can discuss things over the air. And it's going to be an hour and a half every day. And my biggest... Um, hindrance in doing this is <laughs> that I didn't want to be tied down five days a week to doing something. 
And so over this period of time, what, what I've decided to do is Richard is going to host one day. I'm going to host one day Pastor Mark Cowart from uh, CFAN, Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs will be hosting all day. And then our guest here tonight is Alex McFarland, who's been on our program a n number of times. He's going to be hosting one day. So that's four days a week that we will have different individuals hosting. And then on every Friday, we'll rotate doing that mm -hmm. so that no one person is tied down more than two days. And yet, we've all got the same heart. Uh, we're all a part of Truth and Liberty. And uh, I think it's going to really be good. So we're going to talk about that probably a little bit more. But I just wanted to introduce Alex McFarland. He's joining us tonight from, uh, from North Carolina. And um, Alex, you're a blessing. Thank you for joining us again tonight. Well, you guys are a blessing. And it, it really is exciting what God is doing through Truth and Liberty, what we've seen God do for years through Karis Bible College. And so, uh, you know, I tell people we're, we're setting up the East Coast Bureau of Truth and Liberty. Amen. Where most of the time on my, on my nights, I'll be on the East Coast, but then a lot of the time also I'll be on campus teaching as I'll be for the next two weeks. But this is the time to proclaim the truth of Jesus and lives will be changed and ultimately our, our nation and world will be changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Alex, you got a long biography here. You know, they've got a biography on all four of us that are going to be hosting and mine is one paragraph. Richard <laughs> is three paragraphs. Alex is, I think, five paragraphs. I got the <laughs> least biography of any of you. <laughs> Your accomplishments speak for themselves. But, uh, anyway, you've, you've done a lot and you've spoken in so many churches. You've held biblical worldview conferences. You are uh, are you associated with uh, Samaritan's Purse? Or I know you go and minister at the Cove. Are you? Yeah, and um, I'm on one of the five boards that make up the Billy Graham ministry. Yeah. There's a media and broadcasting board, and I'm on that board. But, uh, you know, listen, I, I got a, an alert today, and on my phone, the Truth and Liberty app showed up, and I looked down, and there I was. And uh, But listen... <laughs> It's just such an honor. And I want to say a, a word. I want to be on record thanking my friend and mentor of 20 years, Mark Coward. Because, Brother Andrew, I, I met you through Mark Coward up at Church for All Nations. And then uh, one day, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, Mark said, let's ride up to Woodland Park. I want to show you what God is doing up on the mountain. And it, it's one of the things in my entire life for which I am most grateful hmm. that God through Mark Cowart put us together and Karis and all of this. And the Lord has all the connections, doesn't he? So you give a little bit of background. We're trying to introduce the ones that will be hosting this. And you know Mark. Uh, Mark is the very first person I ever met in Colorado Springs. I met him in 79 before I moved to Colorado Springs. And he had only been born again for a week or two. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and so I met him and... Uh, we were at a Charles Capps meeting and we just happened to be sitting next to each other and they said, greet someone. And so I greeted him. And when he heard my voice, he says, I listen to you on the radio every yeah, day. Yeah. And so that's how we met. But, 40, 40 but you give a, little, give a little background on Mark Coward. Who is he? Well, Mark is the pastor of Church for All Nations, Mark and Linda Coward. And I just really believe this one of America's great churches. 
And, um, you know, the funny thing, uh, 19 years ago, I was in town. Angie and I had moved to Colorado Springs to work for James Dobson at Focus on the Family. And uh, somebody asked me to come to a meeting with Mark Cowart. And um, I didn't know Mark, but little did I know it would become one of the most significant friendships of my adult life. And we just began to meet and pray together and we'd have breakfast. And he really has mentored me in such a huge way. And uh, so many great things have come about through that association. And as I said, I met you, Andrew, through Mark, and then came up here to speak in the third year, the, the School of Practical Government. And for those that don't know, Karis has the most amazing educational tracks. The first two years, and I was out there teaching week before last, but everybody gets Bible and gets saturated in the Word. But, um, you know, I got involved in the School of Practical Government, and then we created biblical worldview courses and so many things. And again, I just, I give God all the glory. But hey, guys, I got to tell you this about the Lord changing lives. When I was in high school, I was so shy. I wasn't saved yet. I didn't get saved till I was 21. But uh, I was in high school and I was in an English class and you were supposed to get up and give a speech and I couldn't do it. And I actually went to summer school in order to pass English <sighs> to graduate high school rather than get up and give a speech. And little did I know that for the, you know, after I got born again, for the rest of my adult yeah. life, I'd get up and give a speech about every night, you know. <laughs> when I went to my 25th high school reunion, somebody came up to me and said, who are you and what have you done with Alex? Because you are not the same person. Yeah. And I said, mm. that's true. I'm not the same person. Uh, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, his word was in my heart like a burning fire. And so I just want to say to everybody, you have no idea where your path will go if you put your hand in the hand of Jesus Christ. And uh, isn't it a blessing that God has brought us all to this point in our journey? And also, um, would you just yes, explain when Mark is a qualified minister and he's good in that respect, but he also has taken a huge stand on getting involved in our culture and politics and stuff. And he, he made the front page of the Colorado Springs paper. So, do you mm -hmm. remember the headline, Pastor? Breaks law, breaks, preaches politics. Yeah, breaks law and yeah. preaches <laughs> politics. <laughs> Share a little bit about his involvement in the political realm. Well, yeah, you know, Mark wrote a book called Army of God Rising, which is a great book. And, you know, uh, Richard, you were talking about the Truth and Liberty Coalition and all that's going on. And everywhere you, you might be listening, folks, God has work for you to do. I want to tell about Mark, but I want to give a Bible verse. Daniel 11:32 says, "The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits." And Mark is a leader. He, um, well, prior to COVID, even he was doing the um, uh, conferences on "We Will Not Be Silenced," and he was talking the about silence. the yeah. LGBTQ trans agenda and things like that. And there were people threatening and picketing. And then, you know, during COVID, uh, they ministered and they, you know, the, the voice of the gospel would not be quarantined. So I just view Mark Cowart as one of the most courageous, visionary, godly leaders. And he'll be doing one night a week. As you said, Andrew, there's yourself, Richard, Mark Cowart. I'll be doing, as I understand it, I'll be doing Tuesday nights. And then we're going to take turns doing Friday nights. But Mark is he and Linda have pastored for 40 years. He is a man worth hearing 
um, hands down one of the best Christian leaders I know to follow after. All right, let me just yeah. follow up. You've been saying on the evenings is when we do it. It's actually 3.30 Colorado time, but Alex is two hours past that. So that's yeah. 5.30 till, uh, what's that, 7 o'clock your time. Yeah. And so we yeah. will be having this call-in program for an hour and a half, and we will spend about the first 20, 25 minutes, something like that, with the host either interviewing a guest or doing a monologue and talking about scripture or talking about a current event. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we could be, tonight we're going to be talking some about the Ashbury Revival or you could be talking about shooting down the Chinese mm. spy balloon or whatever's in the uh, headlines. And we, we do our introduction, take a break, and then we come back and start taking questions for about an hour and interacting with people. And I think it's going to... I, what it's going to do is, you know, we have a lot of things that we put out where it's us speaking what God has put on our heart, but we don't have that much interaction with people. This is going to provide people with a way to interact. And if you've got a question that nobody else is answering, mm -hmm. you can ask a question and we will interact with it. So I think that this has a huge potential. And right now it's going to be broadcast over our uh, social media platforms. We're going to be using Gospel Truth TV. And I just had a meeting today that we're going to totally retool Gospel Truth TV and do a number of things, but we're going to make this uh, one of the main parts mm -hmm. of Gospel Truth TV. And uh, as we gain experience and gain an audience, we're even talking about putting this on other networks and going on individual TV stations. And so this could have a huge outreach. Absolutely. It could be a big deal. Yeah, you know, uh, if, if you look around out there in the news space or the commentary space, there's really nowhere that people are able to get an, uh, an in-depth analysis of what's going on in the culture or Bible teaching like what we're going to be providing. So I really think the timing is from the Lord on we, this. We have conservative talk shows. Matter of fact, conservative talk shows dominate. Yep. Uh, they, nobody listens to the liberal talk shows and right. stuff. So we've got, we've got a conservative voice out there, but they seldom refer to the scripture, or if they do, it's a, it's a side issue. We are going to be dealing with everything, even the, uh, you know, the current events from a biblical standpoint, and I don't know of anything that really does that on a national scale or yeah. an international scale. This will be broadcast all around the world. Yeah. So I think that's really good. So we're going to, one other thing we might want people to know is uh, our Monday night time slot will continue, uh, it'll, but it'll be a rebroadcast because we're shifting to the afternoon time of 3.30 to 5 mountain time. So that'll be the time to catch us actually live and to call in is 3.30 in the afternoon. And you can watch right on our website at truthandliberty.net or gospeltruth.tv. And plus, we will be archiving all of these the that's way right. that we've done. And so you wouldn't have to listen exactly at that time. But if you want to interact, that's when you'd have to do it. All right. So, Alex, we gave a brief introduction about you. But you have been a Christian apolog apologist for decades. And you've held over a thousand uh, biblical worldview seminars. And uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think that you, when you worked for James Dobson, that was your job. You were in charge of his biblical worldview thing. You've now come on staff with us and you are helping direct our biblical worldview. And we, we now have what, four different uh, units that we put out? Yeah. 
Alex well, Kuhn. actually, we have biblical worldview uh, one, two, and three, mm -hmm. uh, all progressively, you know, more in depth. And then we also have created three apologetics courses. Now, apologetics is the evidence why we believe what we believe, like the the evidence for the Bible. And it's not apologizing, but it apologetics means to speak in defense of the faith. And I'm very honored that uh, under Mike Pickett with the college, I've been creating courses. And then, of course, you and I, Andrew, have been creating these biblical worldview tutorials that uh, we're creating so much wonderful content. But i got to tell you guys, people are so hungry. In fact, um, just... You know, you and I were doing a test about an hour ago, and then we had a little break, and I got a call from a church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and they said, Alex, please come teach our teenagers. They're going away to, to college. They're, they're getting woke. Help us. And so what we're doing, what I've been doing on the road now for almost 30 years, and now I'm doing with Karis exclusively, we're, we're teaching the church, and especially young people, first of all, to know that you're born again, to know that you have a relationship with Jesus, but then to understand what is a biblical view in all areas of life. And, and uh, i got to say that the word of encouragement, young people, you know, when you equip young people to defend their faith, they soak it up like, like cool water for a thirsty person on a hot day. They are so hungry for truth. And praise God in the classroom and on the airwaves, we've got it, don't we? We do. Let me also say this, that we were discussing before we went on the air, the Ashbury Revival, and so I'd like to kind of weave that into this because um, I had Alex and Richard asking me about the Jesus People Movement and the Charismatic Revival because they weren't part of that. Mm -hmm. I was. And I've seen uh, great outpourings and great things happening. But one of the points that I was making that the Jesus people, you know, they congregated all over, but California was one of the main things. And they had uh, Chuck Smith and John Wimber, and they, there was great things that happened. I'm not trying to minimize any of that, but it didn't go into discipleship. And because of that, like California is one of the most woke places on the planet, mm -hmm. and yet there are hundreds of thousands of people in California who were touched by the Jesus movement, the charismatic movement, but they weren't discipled. It didn't translate into something. And so uh, the difference between a revival, and this is simplification, but nonetheless, a revival is where God is moving, touching lives, but an awakening is where it goes beyond just being touched to where you become discipled. You start taking a stand and it goes beyond just the believers and it goes into the culture and it literally begins to change the culture. And so praise God for a revival. Praise God for any way that people get touched. But we really need an awakening. And I believe that that's what God spoke to me March the 5th, 2021, that the third great awakening has already begun. And so I think that, uh, you know, we, we need to go beyond just a revival, although I'm not discrediting that at all. Any way that people connect with God is good. 
Yeah, well, Jesus said, right, in John chapter 8, that his disciples would abide in his word, right? That's right. And so it's one thing to have an emotional experience, and that's good. And that's part of, how can you not be emotional when you encounter God, right? Well, but, it seems like some people can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, but, but to stay in, with Christ and to walk the walk your entire life, you have, to un, you have to know the word, and it has to become a part of you. And so hopefully what's happening out there uh, as I've heard reports that it's spreading to other colleges, but that these students and other people will seek God in His Word so that they can become mature. You know, I've seen a couple of videos. I've, I've seen videos on the praise and worship service, and everything I've heard is just excellent. Mm -hmm. They aren't glorifying. They, they aren't talking about like an experience. They aren't talking about Ashbury College. Mm. They're talking about Jesus. Jesus. I heard one girl say that, she, you know, it's a, college of a little over a thousand people and that she knows pretty much everybody and she knows all the people that hated each other and that she's been seeing mm -hmm. them arm in arm loving mm -hmm. each other and forgiving each other and they're wow. seeing people healed and they're seeing people Amen. born again and so I think it's excellent yeah. what's happening and I've been impressed the uh, president of that college they now have waiting. What did you say, Alex? Didn't you say it's like four hours wait list to get into the chapel services? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I interviewed a pastor today on the radio that went from South Carolina to Kentucky and uh, drove all night to get there. And the line of people was zigzags all over the college. And he said he waited in line a little over four hours to get into the chapel. And he said that um, they were allowing people to stay in there a little under an hour just so more and more people could get in there. And this particular pastor, he said to me, he said, Alex, the presence of God was so strong. And he said it was just at the same time joyful, overwhelming. You want to laugh. You want to cry. You feel like you're going to just burst. And see, that's the thing. Um, when when you're in the presence of the true and living God, it, it's just undeniable, you know. Uh, and I, I got to say something that um, about two or three weeks ago on the Grammys, there mm. was this musical act on the Grammys yeah. that was basically uh, a satanic ritual, mm. and I think it's very very significant. The whole wide world was talking about this satanic thing on the Grammy Awards. Well, 72 hours later, this amazing revival began to erupt. And I thought, yeah, the true and living God will not be outdone. <laughs> you know, just when the media was given a lot of limelight to something demonic, God says, no, let me show you yep. who's really in control. Mm. And it's not limited to Ashbury. Matter of fact, no. the president said, now it's time for people to take what they've got here and go back to their own places. And they're mm. saying that there's colleges all over America and all over the world. There's people from other countries that have come. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not trying to compare ourselves or anything, but I'm saying that we have revival here. There are times that, man, I get so overwhelmed, I can barely stand it. We have people that just are a puddle of tears on the floor. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's limited to one place. No. And one of the things that you mm. asked me before the program, Alex, was about the Jesus people movement and stuff. And one of the things about the charismatic move was that it wasn't centered around an individual. And since that time, again, I, I'm not saying anything to put anybody in a, you know, I'm just 
trying to get my point across. We've seen Rodney Howard Brown come through. We've seen a number of people that had uh, things, but it was all centered around their ministry. The, the Jesus people charismatic move was not centered around an individual. Mm -hmm. There were some individuals that were used, but it wasn't a person. And it was just things happening without a person going and praying for it or making it happen. It was happening spontaneously. And I think that that's what's happening here with Ashbury. I think it's really, really good. Amen. So how do they, in a, in a revival, you know, the challenge I guess is you, you want to give total freedom to allow the Lord to move and people to respond and all that. But at some point there's this temptation to put structure to it or lead, you know, leadership into it. And, um, you know, even there in Asbury, you see they're having to tell people, well, you can only be in here for so long and, and uh, starting to put a schedule on it. So you have to have how do you leadership. Balance that? You have to have leadership in anything. And, and uh, Alex, I'll let you address this, but um, they turned down national television coverage because they didn't want to make this right. something about Ashbury. They wanted it to be pure. So mm -hmm. how'd that happen, Alex? Yeah, uh, I heard this today too. Uh, you know, Tucker, Tucker Carlson of Fox News wanted to send a film crew and he gave last week some very, very, very positive coverage to it. But uh, as I understand it, the uh, leadership of Asbury said, no thanks, we don't want film crews here. You know, we just want to keep the Holy Spirit as the focal point. And Tucker Carlson said, hey, look, uh, most people clamor for yeah. film coverage. And when they very politely said, no, thank you, he said, this tells me it's real. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, you know, they're, they're reading scripture. Do you know this pastor told me today that as people were reading scripture, that the, the people in the chapel were cheering uh, joyfully wow. cheering at the sound of the Word of God. It reminds me of some of the Old Testament revivals. So every now and then they would sing and worship, and some of the world's foremost Christian artists said, hey, I'll come and lead worship for you. And the Asbury people said, uh, no, thank you. And nobody was offended. It was great. But they, they said, look, we want the, the superstar here to be Jesus. And I like Don't need any celebrities. And... Uh, do you know what? I got to tell you guys, you and I know when you keep it all about the Lord Jesus Christ and he and he alone gets the glory. I mean, that's when God can work, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says, my glory will I not give to another. That was God the Father talking about Jesus. And he's saying he's not going to glorify anybody but Jesus. And the moment you start taking credit for something, uh, the Holy Spirit just withdraws. Mm -hmm. I, he doesn't leave us, but his anointing. Please. Well, Andrew, you said uh, two years ago, you, the Lord spoke to you at an event in Oklahoma City about the third great awakening. Yeah. And I'm curious, well, do you believe this, what's happening in Asbury is one of the manifestations of that? I believe it's one of the manifestations, but there's a lot happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that really we do not have a godly perspective on what God is doing because there is no one place that is gathering all of this information and putting it out. But where the mainstream media is putting out like this thing that she's talking about at the Grammys, boy, that got coverage everywhere. And what happens at the Super Bowl, that gets coverage everywhere. But what happens with the believers? And I've, I've read some of the uh, uh, things that have been sent to me and they say that the mainstream media basically is not 
uh, recording what's happening at Ashbury. You have to be plugged into some mm -hmm. conservative group to be able to. You know, one of the things that happened recently that I thought was significant was this football player named Damar Hamlin, who I guess he played for the Buffalo Bills, had a cardiac arrest on field, passed out. And the way that those teams responded and even the media, the, the guys that were announcing it, and then the whole public, it turns out he is a born-again believer and God saved his life and he's given glory to God. But these teams are kneeling on the field, uh, praying, and uh, the, even the announcer prays publicly over the airwaves. And since that time, I've, I've seen uh, a lot of NFL players being very public about their faith in Christ. And I, I don't know, I think that's really encouraging. Now, it's, it's obviously just a few people in the great scheme of things. I don't think it, it is a few people. I think it's all pervasive, but you're only hearing a few reports. Of right, it. right. If it would have been... If it would have been somebody who did something weird, like a transvestite that went in and, and did something for a, a oh, yeah. library, yeah. it'd be everywhere. Yeah. But, and right. so I think that there's more godly things happening than what we know. I would love, I've in the past tried to get people to send us information about all of the good things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're a part of this thing called AMAC. I don't know how many of you know that, mm -hmm. but that is a Christian uh, what do they call the senior citizen organization? Yeah, yeah. it's a senior. What's what's the secular one? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I'll remember it. In but anyway, this uh, is a the AARP. That's yes, it. That's, that's it. it. This I, is a Christian AARP, and we get their magazine. And I was reading in there, and they had two or three pages of significant Christian breakthroughs in 2022. And I was thinking, man, somebody needs to be doing mm -hmm. this on a large scale. Yeah. Uh, but it Amen. was really, really we, good. We should do that. Well. We, we should have people send in their praise reports and we'll announce them on Truth and Liberty. I agree. Mm -hmm. And That's I've actually tried to do this. I've told my partners before to send us all your praise reports. And we've, we actually put out for a long time the good report is what we called it. And it was just full of nothing but testimonies of good things. And I called it Andrew's Antidotes for all mm -hmm. of the bad stuff that's happening. And uh, anyway, it just, in order to do that, you'd have to have a whole department that just well, put all that stuff together. Every Friday, Truth and Liberty's email yeah. is called The Good Report. And you put out about three or well, four. Yeah, we find the top, some top good news reports. And, and that's and good, it, but again, we're reporting on three or four things. Right versus, you know, the w world comes out with like a hundred things per day that are bad. <laughs> just being overwhelmed. Yeah, the, the 12 spies, right? 12 spies network. Yeah. But anyway, let's go back. One, one of the things that has to happen with an awakening, uh, let me say it this way, that I had this experience with the Lord, March the 23rd, 1968, and probably every person watching has heard me mention this. And it was emotional for four and a half months. I was so overwhelmed. I didn't eat or sleep consciously. I'd sleep one hour at a time. I'd eat something as I walked out the door. But I was just too emotional about the Lord to handle it. And, and even though that was wonderful and it grabbed my attention, I can guarantee you if I hadn't got in the Word of God and have started learning who I was in Christ, you would not be seeing me today because immediately after that, I was drafted and I was sent to Vietnam. And in Vietnam, man, I went through 
a hard time in some respects, and it just forced me. I was either going to go the way that all of the other guys were doing, drugs, alcohol, uh, ungodliness, or I was going to have to seek the Lord harder. And I mean, I spent 10 to 15 hours a day studying the Word and praying, and I started getting mm -hmm. into the Word, and that's what changed my life. Mm. This experience where God revealed Himself to me was like jump-starting a car. But if you don't have the car, that the gas in the tank, if you mm. don't have the car that it can run, you can jump-start a car and it'll die again. <laughs> no good. So yeah. these encounters where people have an emotional encounter with the Lord, I'm not diminishing that, but I'm saying that that's not enough by itself. And this is what yeah. we've got to do is mm -hmm. go beyond a revival into an awakening where the person's life has changed and then they become a part of going out and changing the culture. And that's what has to happen. And I believe it's happening. I believe Amen. we're in that awakening. Amen. So all of the stuff you know, we're doing with you, Alex, about the biblical worldview and these Truth and Liberty live casts, this is what we're doing. We're mm -hmm. just trying to go beyond uh, telling people about they need the Lord to giving them the equipment that they need in order to be a, a factor. Amen. You, you know, shortly after I was born again at age 21, the Lord, I, I, I mean, I completely give Jesus all the credit, but I just immersed myself in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Every now and then people will ask me, you know, how did, how did God shape your life and how did you and Angie get married and all these things? Uh, and as a single guy, all I did was read the Bible. And then Angie and I got married and we just purposed in our heart you know, we, we had a little house we had rented, and we got married, and then we, before we went on our honeymoon, we went by our house, and we dedicated our new relationship together to Jesus, and we said, as long as we live, we would read the Bible together every day of our marriage. And I, I'm not talking about us, but I'm just saying, like you described, Andrew, if you will make the Word of God the food you feed on every single day. This is for anybody out there. It will transform everything about your life if your life is built on the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Let me uh, read a verse. Uh, Richard referred to it in passing, but here in John chapter 8 and in verse 30, Jesus had been grilled by the scribes and Pharisees as usual, and he responded, and it says in verse 30, as he spake these words, as Jesus spake these words, many believed on him. And that's wonderful. But then the next verse, Jesus said unto those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. He's making a distinction between a person who believed and had some degree of commitment to the Lord, but only if they continue in the word of God do they become disciples. There's a huge difference between a convert and a disciple. And we have, I would say, the vast majority of people who claim to be Christians today are only converts. They are not disciples. They can't do what you're talking about, Alex, about defending their faith, you know, giving an answer of the hope of the calling that lies within them, 1 Peter 3:15. So he says, you have to continue in the Word until you become a disciple. And then the next verse says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And people want to quote that, that, you know, the truth's going to make you free, but the truth only makes you free if you continue in the Word until you know it 
and then that truth that you know sets you free. Wow. Does that have anything um, to do with the name of our organization and program here, Andrew? Truth, truth and Liberty. And Liberty. And you know, we had nearly a whole day's discussion when we named that. Yeah. Because we didn't want it to be only about politics, culture, changing culture, which would be the liberty part. We didn't want it to be only the Bible, so we named it Truth and Liberty. And you have to be able to marry mm -hmm. those things together. And that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's what we're doing here at Truth and Liberty, and I, uh, you mentioned earlier um, that we do need we do need financial support to do this. And you know we're going from one one hour a week program to five hour and a half long programs, and so the you know the costs of that are going to go up uh, exponentially. Well, we're already running at a deficit. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but we just already are spending more money than what we're bringing into yeah. Truth and Liberty, and as we increase our out but we, we need people to partner with us. Yeah. You might mention some of these speakers that we've got lined up. I mean, God is giving truth and liberty a voice. Well, we have uh, just, it's coming up quickly, but it's our uh, annual gala. It's our first annual inaugural awards gala, and that's gonna be on May 5th. Uh, at Karis Bible College, and we're going to be giving two awards out. One of them is to Matt Staver, who's the head of Liberty Council, the founder of it, who has done so much to fight against, well, for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, but he's fought against this COVID tyranny like uh, beyond what anybody else has and done. He did it for us. He too. did it for and us, but he's done it for servicemen, for pastors all over the country, and he's the one that's been more than anybody else boldly proclaiming the truth. So we're going to honor him and also honor Jack Phillips, the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop, who's been fighting against LGBT tyranny uh, for I don't even know how many years now. I heard of a third lawsuit against him. And uh, they deserve to be honored. But our keynote speaker is going to be Dinesh D'Souza. And so we're so excited about uh, that. Alex made that connection. Yes. Dinesh was over at his house, I heard. And you uh, put a bug in his ear. So thank you yeah. very much for doing that. Yeah, and then yes. uh, yeah, our conference in September. I, I don't know if I can announce uh, the speakers there. It's, yeah. Well, Charlie Kirk has indicated that he's going to come and speak uh, at our conference in September. So yeah, we're super excited. Yeah, he met with me in Orlando, and I asked him, and he said, "Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to come." So he's going to be there, and who else? We've got—I don't know that we've got all of them committed yet. No, we we haven't yet. Uh, so maybe we can hold off on mentioning those names. But <clears throat> Dinesh, is, Dinesh is coming in May, May fifth, and yeah. then in May September 5th. is when Charlie Kirk is going to be at our conference, and we'll have a lot of other speakers. I'm pretty right. sure that David Barden. Yeah. Uh, and Bill Federer and people like that will be there. Right. So it'll be a great event. It'll be awesome. We need to take some questions. There, we've, I've really enjoyed this tonight. <coughs> Bless Amen. me. But if we would need to give the people an opportunity to ask us a question here. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, You've been involved in the conversation. You had. I hadn't been watching too closely here. <laughs> okay. So uh, Jennifer. Um, on Houston on Facebook asks, what are your thoughts on the Jesus Revolution movie? Now, I haven't seen that yet. I don't know if either of you have, but. I think, Alex, you were talking about that, weren't you? Yeah, you know, I've got a friend who produced Chuck Smith's radio show. And, you know, Chuck Smith was the pastor there in Southern California, portrayed by Kelsey Grammer in the upcoming movie. And uh, I know some people that work with Greg Laurie who Greg Laurie was a big part of getting this film produced. They say it is very, very, very accurate to the Jesus movement of the late 60s, early 70s. And as you mentioned, Andrew, you know, 
the famous actor Kelsey Grammer, who played Frazier on TV, you know, he got he got quite emotional just talking about it. Said it was the most important thing he'd ever done, and I, I think it's just so significant as this movie comes out in several weeks. That is the story of a great move of the Holy Spirit. Right now, we're watching in real time a move of the Holy Spirit. And I, these two things coming out simultaneously, I just don't think that's a coincidence. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things going on that, again, we don't hear all of these reports, but you look at The Chosen. That has been a huge, huge. success showing that people mm. are ready for that kind of thing. We've got our uh, creative arts team that are putting together a, uh, I'm not sure it's limited to children, but it's a biblical series that will involve children and stuff, and that's coming out. They've got the Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania that has like 2,000 people show up at every single performance wow. every day of the year, and they rotate between Branson and other places. And there's, there's a hunger. There is a spiritual hunger, and I think that the devil has overplayed his hand. Yeah. It, things are getting so bad that even yeah. people who were pretty much lukewarm or recognizing, man, I'm going to have to make a commitment and go one way or the other. So yeah. I think Amen. there's good things out Yeah. You know, there, the other thing I was thinking of was that uh, some people don't like everything about it, but that advertising campaign on the Super Bowl, he gets us. Yeah. They spent millions uh, on that. I think they're committed to $2 billion over the next few years of advertisements. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's awesome. So, that's Steve Green, and he's not yeah. the only one, but he's uh, in cooperation with some other groups. And man, $2 billion worth of Christian ads. It's putting your money where your mouth is. And some people, you know, criticize that, and I'm not sure that it's the best. They're intentionally, I talked to the, some of the people uh -huh. who are behind it, they are intentionally trying to not make this typical Christianity. Right. They're trying to reach out to people that have already got a prejudice against that. But I believe God will use it. It may not be perfect, but, you know, God's going to use it. You so know, there's great things happening. And we need to always remind ourselves Roe versus Wade was reversed Absolutely. last year. Amen. Massive. And that's, that's huge. I, if you would have told me five years ago that we would see that in my lifetime, I, I might have been a little skeptical about it. And, you know, not only are thousands and thousands of babies going to be saved, but I think it has spiritual consequences as America uh, negates its covenant with death that was Roe versus Wade. So, And, you know, again, yeah. the news media presents that if you were to do away with Planned Parenthood, what would happen to women's health? At their peak, there was 600 Planned Parenthoods. There are over 4,000, 4,500 pregnancy centers that provide every single service that a Planned Parenthood does, plus they do post-birth yeah. things and provide diapers and clothing. They do everything that a Planned Parenthood does except abortions. Mm -hmm. And so, see, this isn't always put in its proper perspective. Right. And we think, look what Planned Parenthood has done. They're organically, without a national organization, there are, what is that, um, nearly seven, seven times, times. Yeah. as many pregnancy centers as there ever were Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. That's so awesome. there's good things happening. Well, we've got another question. This comes from Bartley on chat. He says, I'm a public school math teacher in Georgia. I want to start influencing the classroom with truth and liberty and start out with Bible scripture. How wrong is this? There's well, nothing Bartley, wrong yeah, with it. Now, wrong. that doesn't mean that it's going to fit their administration their policy. I just read a thing this last week that a Christian teacher was ordered 
to not divulge whether the children in her class wanted to change their gender and use different pronouns. And even if the parent asked, they had to lie and protect that student. And they said, I'm a Christian. I am not going to lie to the parents. And they fired her. Mm. They said, if you can't lie to the parents, you can't work here. Wow. That's how terrible things have gotten. She needs to call Matt Staver. Liberty Council. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, again, you can debate whether we should be in the school system or starting our own things and things like this. And there's no doubt that there's Christians in the school system who are fighting and, do, and standing and doing a good job. And I, 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 you know, applaud them for that. But I think that our school system is too far gone to see it turn around in the next year or two years, something like that. I would encourage Christians to start getting involved in private homeschool, private schools, Christian schools, things like that. Well, the, you know, to you the, know, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. Well, you know, the math teacher, uh, by the way, uh, the existence of mathematics is one of the proofs that there must be a God <laughs> because in a random evolutionary, purposeless, accidental world, we wouldn't have math. And and do you know what, what's so interesting is, and I don't mean to get us off on a rabbit trail, but I'm kind of like the king of rabbit trails. <laughs> but um, see, math is orderly, it's absolute, and really many, many thinkers over the centuries have acknowledged that uh, the reality of mathematics proves there must be a God. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe the teacher in a roundabout way without getting himself fired could allude to the fact that a secular Darwinian world has no explanation for the origin of math. Yeah. Also, that's one of the reasons I believe why they're saying two plus two could e equal five or six. They're doing the new yeah. math because they're trying to do away with absolutes and make everything relative. There's a correlation there. We got another question? Yes, sir, we do. Um, okay, so Carol on chat asks, uh, I respectfully ask you to please explain the term prosperity gospel and God blessing some of his people with financial wealth while others like Jack Phillips do not have great financial wealth. I don't believe there is such a thing as a prosperity gospel. I believe that the gospel is about what Jesus did for us and it includes prosperity. But to just preach a prosperity gospel, I don't think is the right focus. Yeah. Uh, my teaching on this is entitled stewardship, financial stewardship. And if you look at it from a steward, everything that we get, it's not mine, it's God's. And he blesses me so that I can be a blessing. People that are against prosperity, teaching on prosperity, come against it from the standpoint that it's greedy, it's selfish, you're teaching people how they can just have a big house, big car, us four and no more. And I agree that that's wrong. But I preach prosperity that, man, you can have millions, but it's not so that you can consume it upon yourself. It enables you to be a blessing. Second mm. Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. That's what prosperity is for, is to allow you to abound to good works, not just to have a lot of money. Yeah, and where's the scripture that says, uh, uh, let him work with his hands, he might have to give to others, right? Ephesians so. chapter 4, verse 28. That's the purpose of prosperity. Yeah. So, 
Awesome. So here's another question. This one is another school related one from Celine on chat. She says, how does a child deal with her faith in school when pride is so accepted and cheered on and pride is in quotes and some of her friends are homosexuals too. How should she respectfully separate herself and love her neighbor as scripture says? Alex, what do you say? Well, do you know, First uh, John 2.15 says, this is the will of God that by doing well, you will put to silence the arguments of foolish men. You know, a minute ago, Andrew, you mentioned First Peter 3.15, be ready to give an answer. But do you know what I encourage young people? Um, obviously, when the conversations turn to things about Jesus, present and defend what you believe. But do you know, I honestly think that a Christian sends a very loud message just by uh, the way they carry themselves. You know, I tell kids, um, you, don't, you don't tell the dirty jokes. You don't pass gossip and, and backbite on people. And honestly, if you're full of the joy of the Spirit of God, your friends are going to know it, really. Now, know what you believe and don't, don't ever shy away. Don't ever shy away from standing up for your faith. But I honestly think like 1 Peter 2.15, just the way that we shine forth uh, says a lot to people. Do you guys agree? Well, I agree that that has to be true. If you sit there and defend your faith and don't live it, well, then you're a hypocrite and it, and it yeah. becomes useless. So I think that, yes, you have to do that, but I think that you ought to give credit to God and say, it's because of my faith in God. And let me just add to this that, you know, recently one of the hockey players, I can't remember the name or the team, but he stood up because they wanted to put the gay pride stuff on the jersey. And because he would not do that, they would not let him play. And he was Russian and he stood up and he says, it's my faith in the Lord. And so I, I commend him for standing up, but I do disagree with something that he said because in an effort to defend his position, he says, I respect homosexuals who choose this and they are entitled to their opinion and I respect them, but I'm asking them to respect me. I think that's wrong. I do not yeah. respect the opinion of people who are homosexuals. I respect them and I'm going to treat them in love and tell them that Jesus can forgive them. But that is a wrong decision and the promotion of homosexuality, transgenderism and all of this stuff, it is killing many, many people. Yeah. I saw a thing just today, I think it was, of a girl. She's now 21 years old, but when she was 17 or 18, she had her breast removed and had it done without the consent of her parents. And she is, she's now detransitioned back to a woman, mm. but she will be on hormones rest of her life, medical treatments. She is having all kinds of problems. And she was just saying that this is criminal the way that those kind of decisions are being supported. Yeah. And I don't respect people that are sitting there and detransitioning. I respect them as an individual, but I don't respect their choices. And so when we stand up, we don't need to say, now look, I respect you and you can be a pervert if you want to, and that's just fine for you. But no, I think we have to stand up and say, I love you, speak the truth in love, but then tell them that this is wrong. It's sin. Yeah. It's, it's just like any other sin. Would we, would we say, oh, I respect your decision to abuse drugs? Or to I, be an adulterer? Or to be an adulterer or rob a bank? Right. Well, of course not. No. You know? 
and so sin is sin. That's right. But we need to, you know, this girl, who, whoever she is, um, you know, she needs to get equipped too, doesn't she? She needs to, right. to understand what the Bible says about it and why it's a destructive behavior and then speak that truth in love. But if, if she's not equipped and she just goes in there and doesn't know what to say, well, that probably won't result in very good. So, Alex, we're just about out of time, but would you just give a little exegesis on First Peter chapter 3, verse 15? That word apologia is where we get the word apologetics from. What does that verse say? Absolutely. Yeah, First Peter 3.15 says, Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. So the first part says, set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, there's got to be a time when you make this choice within yourself. You say, I will know the Word of God. It's like you said in John 8, 32 a minute ago, Andrew, about knowing the truth, continuing in the truth as His disciples, and the truth will set us free. Now, the word uh, in the Greek from which we get the word apologetics, Richard, you'll appreciate this because it's really an ancient legal word. And it really means to speak in defense of something. So what we do, and, and we teach this in our classes at Karis, uh, when somebody says, how do you know God exists? How do you know that the Bible is the Word of God? Why, why should we believe in what the Bible says about morals and marriage? And how do we know Jesus rose from the dead? Well, apologetics, apologia, means that we're presenting, explaining, defending the faith. And I, I want to say, I'm going to quote a guy that lived 800 years ago, Thomas Aquinas. He said, every possible argument against Christianity can be answered. Absolutely. And what we've got to do in this day and age, and this is what Karis specializes in, among other things, equipping people to defend their faith of all ages. And so there's you know, young... Andrew, I'm, I'm working with Elizabeths on something for children to help yeah. them do that. And yeah, so this so. girl who asks that question, she needs to, yes, live a godly life and, and not fall prey to that, but she needs to be able to give an answer of the hope of the calling that's within her. And not only the kids in school, but all of us for our children, for the people that we influence. So we're out of time. We're down to the last minute. It seemed like this went quickly yes, tonight, but thank you all for joining us. And we also want to thank CTN. They carry this on their network. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, what a blessing that has been. They do this as a gift to us. And we really appreciate it. The leadership there has Amen. just been awesome. Very generous. So again, if you haven't yet joined with Karis, or not Karis, but uh, Truth and Liberty, we got so many things going. If you haven't joined with Truth and Liberty and become a partner, we really need people to help us as we expand from one night per week to five days per week, plus all of these conventions that we're holding. There's just a lot going on. Go to truthandliberty.net and you can sign up and have a reoccurring gift. That's the way that we do it. And it's really been a blessing to have this automatically come in. Yes. Amen. So it's awesome. So remember, we do this every Monday night and soon, March the 6th, we'll be doing it five days a week. And we would encourage you to join with us. God bless you. Good night. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 